Anyway, since we seem to be out of witnesses, I thought I'd drink a little. Goodbye, Tyler. How's it going? I'm good, Rob. How you doing? I'm doing well. It is a, uh, uh, I guess, a Labor Day Monday. Oh, yeah. I thought it was Sunday, but you're right. All right, Monday. Yeah, that's true. I know, right? And so you are at home in your partially finished new office. Yeah, that's right. And, a little um, bit of this construction in the background. I am in the office office at uh, our premises. Very good. And uh, so we basically are on the, on the back end of a long weekend. How's your long weekend been? Fantastic. Yeah. I feel a little bad. I, uh, I didn't work at all yet. I will try this afternoon a bit, but uh, yeah, just enjoyed the weekend with the kids. Yeah, I, I uh, golfed on Saturday. Yesterday, did a lot of house cleaning, played a little COD. Nice. Uh, helped Marcy make dinner. Yeah, it was good. Good. Didn't do any work until this morning. Maybe I've done a couple hours. Awesome. I braised some beef short ribs yesterday. I'd never cooked them before. They were Love so good. So good. Yeah. You got to be careful. But I yeah. slow barbecued some, like with the kind of a smoker barbecue a couple of weeks ago. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I did mine. I started them on the barbecue with a bunch of uh, wood pellets that were, it was just full of smoke. And I did it yeah. like 500 degrees, got them just seared on both sides then into uh into a like a little i don't know barbecue thing up on the top rack got it down to 175 left it there for a little while then put them in the oven at 175 for like two three hours and they were so good yeah they're a very underrated cut of meat in my opinion. very underrated yeah but i bought this half cow so i just get a little taste of everything now yeah. and so i'm getting some experience yeah there you go so very it's good. Uh, it's afternoon Lethbridge, Alberta time. Um, I'm not drinking a straight little cocktail. I'm drinking a little bit of bourbon. I'm Got a hops. little bourbon with ginger ale. Yeah, yeah. lovely, lovely. Right. Yeah. So um, today I thought we were going to talk about, we talked about this a little bit. Um, uh, it, this COVID thing is just making everybody bitchy and angry and and I tend to be cynical and uh, politics is making me crazy from every angle at the moment. Um, and so I've been in kind of a sour mood, maybe a little bit. And then last week, something happened that helped me get out of my mood. And I'm gonna go on a little bit so you can keep drinking. Do it. Um, uh, I started watching a show. Actually, my wife started watching a show and I joined her called Ted Lasso. And for anyone that hasn't seen Ted Lasso, it's on Apple TV. It stars Jason Sudeikis. And it's about this tier two university football coach in the United States who gets hired by a premiership league team in the United Kingdom um, by this woman who took over this team as a result of her divorce. And she kind of wants to ruin the team, I think is the theme of it, which is why she hired this. He appears to be Oklahoman or Texan from his accent. I don't think they really nailed that down. Okay. Um, but he comes over and he doesn't know anything about soccer or you know European football. And, um, but he's just a very decent person. And so there's two things that I found curious about that. One is, 
that a show that was premised on the idea of a nice guy um, being nice, that that would be appealing, particularly to somebody cynical like me. And it was. And then in the show itself, it's the same kind of uh, um, contrast, whether he could be effective and, and, and be a nice guy at the same time. And there's some indication in, in so far in the series that he possibly can win people over being a decent fellow. And so what brought this here even more is um, uh, I tweeted, because um, I'm on Twitter all the time, I tweeted, uh, I think it was Thursday maybe, um, and I'll just share the screen on the tweet just so everybody can kind of see it. Um, let me see if I can find it, hold on. Is that better? Oh, yes, yeah, I see that tweet. <laughs> so I just deleted, I did a screen share of all my emails. Um, I don't think there was anything really disastrous in there, but maybe my clients didn't want their emails read on YouTube. <laughs> so let's edit it out now. Yeah, so it's gone. We just skipped from this little discussion. Anyway, so I tweeted, uh, if you're tired of Trump or Biden acolytes telling you the world's going to come to an end if you don't vote for their leader, turn off CNN, Fox News, and CTV News in Canada is kind of like Canada's version of CNN. It's just pap. And turn on Ted Lasso on YouTube, how being decent can be decent. And I was just in a good mood, so I did that. And then later that day, I got a like. And the like I got was from Jason Sudeikis, <laughs> who's the star of Ted Lasso. That's awesome. So I thought, so uh, so I thought that was kind of cool, and I guess it kind of means that uh, Jason Sudeikis and, and I are, are pretty tight now. You should invite I, him over. Well, I'm I'm awaiting my invite. I'm like, okay, clearly we're you know compadres. Um, Jason, give me a call. I'm sure he's going to watch this video. Probably. Next time well. you're in LA, you got a place to stay, I'm um, sure. Yeah. And if he comes to Lethbridge, you can come shack up at her place. Um, so, uh, so yeah, so that kind of amused me. Um, it is the second celebrity retweet or like, actually. There was an earlier one uh, from Macklemore. Ah, that's right. I remember so I'm, that. I'm yeah. also very good friends with Macklemore. Um, who likes some tweet about some 50-year-old who likes hip-hop. Right. Anyway, why all of that matters and why I'm wearing a Barcelona FC jersey is because we're talking about Ted Lasso and the soccer team he's coaching. But what that led to was this whole sense of, can you be a good person and be a good divorce lawyer? Can you be a decent, thoughtful, sensitive person uh, and be a good divorce lawyer, is that on some level a liability? So that is le topic du jour, if you will. Perfect. So what are your thoughts? I ranted and right. heard everything. Let me um, rant for a minute. So when I, when I studied at the University of Lethbridge here, uh, I tried this little experiment. I... I always made fun of management majors, which is ridiculous because I was a philosophy major. 
what right do I have? But anyways, I made fun of them and they were all my friends. And, uh, and they said, well, take this intro to management for non-management students. Take that course. At least you'll appreciate what, you know, that we're actually learning something. I thought, okay, sure. So I signed up to take the course and in walks Lethbridge's own Ted Lasso, Bruce Thurston. He's the prof. And Bruce is a local business guy, super awesome dude. And uh, he walks in and he says, hey, y'all, how y'all doing? And then he stares at us. Just stare. It was two minutes maybe of silence until someone finally was like, we're good, sir. How are you? And, and that was the first, like every day, first thing was, hey, how y'all doing? And from there on in, it was always like, yeah, are you guys learning enough? Can I give you anything? Do you need any help? Do you want office hours? Do you need, it was just, he was Ted Lasso. He was like the super nice, awesome guy. And so I was working at this, at the grocery store at Safeway at the time. And I thought, I'm going to do that. I'm going to start being Mr. Nice Guy to everybody. And it was fantastic. It was a great way to live. I, I tried just always to be positive and kind. And uh, I tried to model myself after after Bruce Thurston a little bit for a while. And every now and then I still think, oh yeah, I gotta be Mr. Happy. Why, why can't I get back to that? And it's, it's kind of a little reminder I have that I, let's try and get back to that. And so, I, and so I've recently developed a bit of an opinion on this. I came into this, uh, into the legal industry and, uh, and I thought we're all, we're all lawyers. We're all in, doing the same job. It's kind of hard. It's kind of emotional. It's adversarial by nature, which we've talked about lots, right? Where the nature of this is we got to fight with each other or negotiate against each other. Um, if you have a really good file and you're working with really good counsel, maybe you're negotiating together to work towards a solution together, but that's not generally what happens. Uh, although maybe it could be, but that's beside the point. So I kind of just thought, you know, we're all in this together. We all got the same job. I'm not going to make this harder on any other lawyer than, you know, than it needs to be. Let's, let's be cooperative and let's all be friends. And as it turns out, uh, I don't like everybody. I thought that I did. <laughs> I tried to, I don't like all of you guys, sorry. Most of you, yeah, really I do. And, I'm, and I'll be genuine about it. Uh, I think you will probably know if I don't like you. Um, so naming names? I won't name any names. <laughs> I, think that's, I think that's a bad idea. I think that's a bad idea. But there's a few of you out there. So whatever. They are not on your Christmas list. No, yeah, you know what? That's right. Or they're getting a lump of coal from Tyler Pollock. Yes. Yeah. I've recently joined oh, is Instagram and uh, I've been a little selective about who's my buddy on there. So if you requested to be my friend on Instagram and I haven't accepted you, that would be a key. I don't really want you seeing what I'm doing. Uh, so that'll be a giveaway for a few of you guys out there. <laughs> and I don't care. Uh, so anyway, yeah, I think ah, yeah, that's a tough thing. I would really like to be uh, like Ted Lasso, really just let's all be buddies. Let's all be friends. I mean, I've had tons of lawyers over to my house, uh, spanning different, way different age categories, old guys, young people all over the place. Uh, and I think generally that's my take. I really want to be friends and let's all just, we all got the same job. We all have the same woes. We all have the same ups and downs. Let's all be friends. So I think generally speaking, that's what I want to do. I want to be like Ted Lasso, but uh, I am coming to realize I don't want to be like that with everybody. That's my take. So uh, I should, probably should have done this earlier, but um, I, I have created a little clip of Ted Lasso and 
and I'm going to insert that just so people get a little flavor of what we're talking about. Um, so uh, here's a clip from Ted Lasso. They'll give you a little bit of idea. If you haven't seen it, I would encourage you to see it. Your decision to bench Jamie was a masterstroke. I don't think we're allowed to talk like that at work anymore. You got no fear of the other dog. For me, success is not about the wins and losses. It's about helping these young fellas be the best versions of themselves on and off the field. I always figured that tea was just going to taste like hot brown water. And you know what? I was right. Yeah, it's horrible. No, thank you. Welcome to England. Okay, so I'm going to insert that later. So by now, the magic of film editing is giving you Ted Lasso. Um, so it, here's sort of my flair, because I agree with you a little bit. I think uh, my go-to is Ted Lasso. I fall back, my, my uh, you know, standard approach is to be decent and kind and provide indulgence where it doesn't prejudice my client. And, uh, you know, as the saying goes, uh, it doesn't hurt anyone to be nice, typically. Um, now, I come from a slightly different place. Uh, because in addition to just wanting to be nice, because why not? Um, one of the things I studied some time ago has to do with sort of neuroscience and, and what anger comes from. And anger is typically a response of, uh, of fear. So uh, one of the things I've developed is an appreciation that when I'm exhibiting anger, uh, with another lawyer, there's an underlying sense that maybe you're exhibiting fear or insecurity, if nothing else, and that confidence and uh, calm in the face of adversity is more intimidating than demonstrating your your anger. Do you have a sense of that? Do you get a sense when people are yelling at you or sending you letters with lots of exclamation marks, <laughs> capitals, that there's a sense of insecurity and fear that they're expressing? Oh, yeah. If, if they're coming at me with anger and they're mad, and, yeah, for sure. You got their goat, right? Uh, you got them right where you want them. So not that that's the response we want to get, but you know, oh, okay, these guys, they don't either don't know what they're doing or... Yeah, they're worried about something for sure. Yeah, so, so I don't want to do that. I don't want to exhibit fear. I don't want to. I, I don't want to. I don't want to be mad at anybody either. I don't want to. Even if I don't really like you, I don't want to cause you any extra stress or undo, you know, anything. I just probably don't want to be a friend. That's all. Yeah, and I think that's an, an interesting thing that we don't. I mean, we, we don't learn negotiating in law school. Nobody says in law school, this is a good approach to use when dealing with other counsel. I mean, right. we know about our ethical obligations. We know that, you know, we, we can't mislead or, um, you know, make false statements to try and induce resolution. Yeah. Um, that's all kind of ethical, but I think there's something a little deeper that it's worth talking about. What we're talking about now, which is, uh, you know, exhibiting anger and frustration while while it exists and it's real, I get angry with other lawyers all the time. It's not productive. 
it's, nope. it's counterproductive because like you say, somebody's angry at me, um, there's a pretty good chance they're the one with the problem, or at least they're the one that feels they have a problem. Um, so that's, I think, worth saying. Yeah. Um, the other thing I think is, and it's related to that, is when your amygdala is kicking in, which is where your anger reflex comes from, it's very difficult to be rational. And we talked about this before. And so to the extent that you're getting all wound up, there's a chance that you're not making the best decisions because you're making emotional decisions as opposed to decisions that have been brought on by a application of all the relevant factors that you should consider. And if you're advising so, your client about the biggest decisions of their life, you don't want to be worked up about it. Yeah. Yeah. So as, as you know, as you'll see, if you watch Ted Lasso, he goes through, you know, situations where the, the, uh, the whole stadium, what a hundred thousand people or whatever they have, they're all calling him a wanker in unison, right? Wanker, wanker. I don't know if and, you're allowed to say that. And it, and it doesn't offend him. No. <laughs> he thinks it's, you know, a term of endearment or something. Um, but he comes to know it's not, but it's, it's still, it kind of rolls off him. And, and, yeah. and this is his approach. And, and I kind of like that. And I think to some degree, uh, if we emulate that, it's not a bad thing. Now, that all being said, this is my one frustration, however. I think clients don't appreciate this. Yeah, I think I th clients like their lawyers to yell at judges and other lawyers because that makes them feel like they've got someone who's who's a, what we call a zealous advocate, which too often means a, an asshole, basically. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but do you find that? Do you find that to the extent that you're conciliatory or you're trying to encourage your client to be broad-minded about, about the bigger picture, including reducing their own legal fees, that, that clients perceive that as weakness or a lack of, of aggression or strength. Yes. Clients, it's bizarre. Clients would love to spend tons of money just to fight all the time. Uh, and if you're pushing the other lawyer's buttons and just mean emails going back and forth and uh, they can see that they just love it. If they can see you in court that you're, you know, pounding your fist on that table and you're leaning forward and you're mad, uh, they seem to love that too. That's not always an effect. Well, that's actually rarely an effective way to get a great resolution. Uh, you know, we've talked about this before. Uh, most cases are going to settle. Uh, usually through negotiation, but sometimes there's some other methods. Uh, so you want to be good at either being able to negotiate and you want to be, or other forms of resolution uh, that are like negotiation, or, and you want to be good at being able to advocate in court if need be. So you got to be good at both things. The truth is most things are going to settle outside of court, almost everything. Mm -hmm. And so that is a skill set you need to have. So if you're able to be cordial with other lawyers, you're able to communicate in an effective way that's not going to get their back up against a wall and make them take a position, and then you're going to have to take an opposite position and fight about it, uh, that's, that's going to be good. You don't, want, you don't want opposite positions and fighting about it. What you want to do is you want to be able to sort of work amicably, like I said earlier, where we're both kind of working together against this common problem, like dividing property or like how we're going to parent these kids. Uh, and you want to be able to get these people to, okay, well, I can give a little because they're going to give a little, or I'm going to, you know, I'm going to give in on something because I want something. Uh, 
or because it's better for the kids or whatever. So that's a really effective thing that you need to be able to do. And like you say, you don't really learn that in law school generally uh, at all almost. So, so yeah, that it is something you need to be able to do. And I do explain that to my clients. Look, there's kind of two sides to this that you need me to be good at. And, uh, and then sometimes I always go through, how do you pick a lawyer with my clients? Cause maybe they, maybe we meet and they don't want me, uh, or maybe I don't have time to meet with them or whatever. So I always go through that a little bit and say, you want a lawyer who's going to be able to be good at both, both sides of that coin. Yeah, I think you're right. And, it, and it's interesting, you know, I've been doing this for 35 years, give or take, um, some of the best lawyers, uh, and most well-respected lawyers, um, that I've dealt with. Um, were very decent people to work with. Oh, yeah. They're not easy because you don't always agree on everything. But when you come to disagreement, you agree to disagree and you ultimately move forward to a litigation and put it before an arbiter of some kind, generally a judge. Um, the couple names, Bart Cron, a phenomenal lawyer in Calgary, had a very difficult file with her. Never impolite, never angry, always. Uh, trying to move towards resolution in a, an effective way for her client. Uh, another lawyer, Judy Boyce in Calgary. And these are lawyers that, that you know, everyone in, in Calgary would know for sure. Phenomenally good lawyers. Nobody has anything negative to say about either one of them. And, uh, you know, there are other lawyers in Calgary that are aggressive, obnoxious, and they're probably successful financially. But if I want to emulate somebody, it would be somebody like that. Yeah. Um, and I've all, I, you know, and, and, and I feel like I'm more like that now. I haven't always been. I probably was one of those lawyers that was sending snotty letters. And, you know, I have yeah. cases where I was raising my voice with judges. And, and the clients probably thought that was awesome on some level. But I've learned uh, effective resolution is rational, calm resolution not easy. That's different. Right. So you don't now that's not to say that you don't need to sometimes push really hard when you're in court. I mean, it's yeah. not to say that, that there isn't a place for that because there is, yeah. but. And we're human, right? So if a judge is taking what I would consider to be a, an, a, an inappropriate approach or is ignoring the law to the detriment of my client, um, I will be pointed. And if I'm angry, it will probably not be well hidden necessarily, right? but I'm going to be respectful and I'm going to show that judge the deference that the position deserves. But you're right. It, there are times where, you know, you, you, you start this with the greatest of respect, my Lord. Now they yeah. know that that means exactly the opposite of what you just <laughs> said, actually, but that's how, you know, with the greatest of respect, my Lord. Uh, I'd be remiss if I did not, you know, push this bring issue this to the attention of the court that there's this right. case that uh, I'm not sure that you're appreciating this factor. Uh, I think the court should consider, you know, right. um, yeah, you push back, but when the when the judge looks at you and kind of rolls their eyes a little bit, yeah. okay, that's that's the way this goes. That's what the court of appeal is for. Um, there's no point in yelling and screaming and throwing a tantrum. Um, very well, my Lord, I, I uh, appreciate the position of the court. Um, and uh, you let it slide and he's going to do it or she's going to do what they're going to do. And then you consider whether or not you're going to go to the court of appeal. Right. Um, 
but uh, yeah, I, it, it's 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 something I've struggled with, particularly as a collaborative lawyer. And as we've talked about, collaborative law has really died off in terms of popularity with with clients. And and I'm not sure why that is. Um, I talk about it with all my clients. And there's an insecurity because if you do collab and it doesn't work, you're going to lose your lawyer because you have to get a different lawyer. But I think it's deeper. I think, I think people have developed more of a rights mentality or more of a, I want mine mentality than maybe they had a decade or so ago. And I don't think that's necessarily a good thing. And it's in line with this discussion. Uh, the understanding that combat is counterproductive is not something that, in my opinion, clients embrace. Um, there is a desire because they've been hurt emotionally. They don't want to be conciliatory. Mm -hmm. And on some level, uh, a resolution that is quick and, and relatively inexpensive does not satisfy that need for what they would sense is justice, which means that person needs to atone on some level. That's right. For the pain they have caused me. Yeah. Uh, and I think it's a, it's a misunderstanding of what justice is or, and I think it's a misunderstanding of what those clients want. And, but the, but the, but the problem in my experience is if you spend too much time talking to a client about how combat is not necessarily beneficial to them, and even when it's very beneficial to me, and I'll point that out, you know, very sort of blatantly, Good. you know, I'm really expensive, you know, um, I don't need your money. I think your money's better spent elsewhere. Um, if you spend too much time talking about that, my experience is the clients, they send you the signal that, you know, you must just be afraid or you're not believing me or it's like this. You know, we all know there's one or two lawyers in our city, for example, that everything is combat, right? Yep. Everything is, is, you know, the 50 snotty letters a week. And, you know, and I think the clients on a weird certain level like that, even though the net result is probably that they're not getting a better outcome and they're spending way more money to get there. Definitely. But they felt like, well, this lawyer you know, that this lawyer was behind me, was in my corner. And my, my husband or my wife was very upset. And that's what I wanted. I wanted them to be upset. Um, and so it's a weird thing. So part of me from a business point of view, thinks, wow, I should just model this obnoxious, aggressive behavior, because I think maybe the clients like it more. Yep. But I just know that that's not beneficial in, in their long-term interests and and if they don't like it as much well that's okay you know sleep better at night yeah. knowing that whenever i do bill my clients uh they've been warned about the cost of unnecessary yep. litigation and conflict but and yeah i'll give i'll give a couple of warnings about that uh you know especially you know i find i run into issues where i get lawyers uh sending settlement proposals or always communicating a position about a certain thing, right? Instead of saying, look, here's an overall uh, proposal. They say, well, no, look, you know, here's 
let's start with 50 50 and then let's talk about well why we should get a little more because of this thing this thing this thing and this thing okay well then i send that to my client and then my client wants to go well no to all these things and here's why and it just gets so positional yeah. uh and it's and you know what so i'll tell my client look let's just look at the overall here's my opinion on what would be reasonable and here's what they're proposing here's a reasonable counter proposal or you can accept and here is what costs look like going forward and I'll, I, I'm actually, it's silly that I do it this way, maybe, but I always pull out this giant whiteboard and I know you hate it, but that's how I do it. I do, and I have all these different colors and the client comes in, they can kind of visualize it. And, uh, and, and most of the time that they'll say, oh, okay, yeah, to hell with all these positions. Let's figure out, let's just settle on something that's reasonable because I don't want to keep spending money on you. But I do have lots of clients who say, no, uh, let's run it. Uh, I'm mad. I want to be right. Let's do it. And uh, yeah, okay, fine. That's my job. If that's what you want me to do, as long as it's not frivolous, let's run it. Yeah. yeah. So it is tough. I, I, you know, I once had this horribly contested application in uh, provincial court, which I don't tend to appear in. And I can't remember exactly what it was about, but it was very heated. And the judge kind of didn't, didn't see it my way and I pushed the judge a little bit and it was important to my client and and so as I pushed it and I walked out of that courtroom with it was definitely more than 10 people following me saying can I get your card and it's like guys this isn't that's not necessarily what you want out of a lawyer uh you know that's not this isn't the way to solve things this is if you know if things are really going south maybe this is a, a skill that you want but man, that's not a good way to resolve disputes or handle things. So I think overall, to, I guess, move back to our buddy Ted Lasso, I think that's a good way to be. Let's all work kind of cooperatively. He gives people the benefit of the doubt. He's optimistic. Yeah, that's yeah. a good way to be. It's a good way to be. And I think, and I think he puts his eye on, you know, there, there's an episode, I don't know if you've seen it yet, where um, there's this sort of prima donna player who is really uh, not understanding that it's a team game. He's very narcissistic. And uh, he's mistreating the trainer. And one of the older players, a seasoned veteran, comes up to the coach and says, are you going to do anything about this? He's abusing this young guy. And Ted Lasso's like, no. And the season player is all irritated by this and stomps off. And, and the assistant coach kind of goes, so what's up? And Ted Lasso more or less looks at him and goes, I need that guy, that season player, to buy into what I'm doing. So i got to let this thing go, more or less, so that he causes the season player effectively to take control of that problem. Yeah. Um, it, it, so the, the the thought is this is a this is a long game, not a short game, yeah. and so uh, I, I'm not going to get involved in these petty arguments. And I think as lawyers, it behooves us to understand that 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 uh, there is a long game, and, and there's two kinds of long games. There's the long game in the context of from here to resolution of of the matter. So it's what's the best outcome for my client potentially at the end of the day for the least amount of legal fees and uh, prompt resolutions got value as well. But then there's the longer game typically, which I think sometimes we as lawyers don't fully appreciate, which is 
how is this going to impact my client in terms of his relationship with a co-parent in terms of his children's relationship with him or her um, and that is something that's kind of significant um, you know if you have a great day in court and you beat the living crap out of the other spouse but your children disown you because they get some sense of how unfair this was what have I accomplished, right? Um, I saved you $100,000, maybe that feels good. But is that something that you should have balanced against the, uh, the other sort of less uh, immediate factors? And ultimately the client has to decide, it's not for me to impose my value system, but you raise the issue. You know, you're, you're having trouble with your kids, they've got adult children. Um, is this outcome gonna create a problem? that is, you know, that you haven't considered. Yeah. And sometimes the clients are like, yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe, you know, I should compromise a little bit. And, but sometimes they're like, no, no, if they don't like it. You know, they can get in bed with their mom or their dad and I don't give a shit. Yeah. I think that's questionable sort of uh, value, but it's not my position to say, it's my position to advise. That's right. I guess that's the other thing is, you know, we take an approach which is conciliatory or, you know, somewhat uh, uh, non-confrontational, but the client wants confrontation. If I've told them the risk, great, not a problem. Off we go. Yep. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and the dumb thing is, I don't know, I, get, I think you get the sense of this. Court is fun. I mean, that seems kind of crass when we're talking about people's lives and children and their welfare. But once they've instructed us, I want you to go to court and use your skills in that forum. That's a fun place for us to be. It's a heck of of all the things that we do. That's the funnest stuff yes. is the combat of litigation. Like, do you get yep. that sense? Love it. Yeah. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. It's heavy yeah. shit. It's, you know, it's fourth and one, you know, with a minute on the clock and, That's right. you know, you're the quarterback and you're going back to try to throw a pass into the end zone. I mean, um, that's fun for us and we make money doing it. So it's a pretty cool way to make a living. That's the other side of it is that's yeah, they pay you well to do it. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, anyway, um, uh, I don't know how long we've been on here now. Like we've made our point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so that's, I think our show for today. Uh, it's a uh, expose of the incredibly uh, amusing uh, little uh, drama comedy Ted Lasso on Apple TV. And I, no, I'm not getting any money for this endorsement. But check um, it out. But yeah. It's a pretty cool I, show. I do expect that, Jason Sudeikis probably will be inviting me over to his place anytime now. Especially when he uh, sees our show. Yes. Yeah. Probably both of us. Why not? Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. Not bringing my spouse. You know. She well, we'll be here. busy. We'll have we'll my spouse and all my kids. I don't know. Yeah. We'll do that. So, um, uh, always lovely to see you, I guess. Uh, we'll be, uh, the office will be open tomorrow and, and, uh, Enjoy the balance of your long weekend. Same to you. Same to everybody. Cool. Cheers. Cheers.